Dear Diary. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Dear Diary Keep Out. We have a special guest with us today. It's my good friend Siobhan. Hello. Yay, the crowd <laughs> goes wild. Yay. Um, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. As all good. right as you can be in lockdown times. Lockdown number but... whatever lockdown we're in now. Oh, three. 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 I don't, I don't think I really noticed two, to be honest. I think that kind of passed us by up in Scotland. Yeah. Just seemed I like d- everyone was going about their business. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just going to work, so uh, yeah. I work for Asda, so, you know, supermarkets and that. Yes, vital. Um, Key worker. Yeah. Well, I'm motion designer, so I don't know how vital that is, but um, we're here Got- for all of the COVID communications, etc. Yes, but, yeah. very good. <laughs> um, I've just been in the house. <laughs> we're really not. Theatre's unfortunately not that important. Oh, Oh, really? Is that not started no. back up again yet? No? <laughs> no, no, no. I, everyone's just seemed to not, not be talking about it anymore. Mm, but it's okay. Funny. It's okay. We'll get there. I hope we'll get there. Because if yes. we haven't got the arts and stuff, there's no point in being here, is there? There's no point. There's I no point. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. So is this your first podcast experience? Uh, doing one, yes. I yeah. mean, I've uh, listened to a million of them, but you are a listener, yeah, a podcast listener. Yeah. Um, your first time doing that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, you're my second interviewee. I um did an inter- interview. I mean, it's not that it's a bit cash, a bit more cash than an interview. Um, with Dom, who you know. Yes, I do know. But Dom. That was a bit. That was a bit different because it was face to face when we when uh, he was at part of our bubble. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it was a bit different. And to be honest, me and, you know what I mean, Dom, are like we just rambled on for mm-hmm. probably about an hour <laughs> and a half. That was fun for Sean to edit. But you are currently down in Yorkshire. I am, yep. Yeah, I live in Leeds. Mm-hmm. I live in Leeds at the moment. So we are, me and you, we haven't seen each other since last Christmas. Probably since last Christmas. Yeah, because yeah, we um, normally get together, wouldn't we? over Christmas we normally go to the pub on Christmas Eve but yeah got Covid off <laughs> yes it definitely did yeah that's usually our um def- like our definite catch-up time of year if I don't make it down any other time of the year mm-hmm. so yeah that was a shame so yeah it's been it's been a long time now but hopefully we will see each other again I know yeah hopefully yeah. Christmas yes <laughs> um so I don't know <clears throat> where you are with um dear diary keep out with our podcast um but we so you've been mentioned <laughs> you have been mentioned spoiler alert for everyone me and Siobhan become friends and <laughs> um, we haven't kind of got there yet um there's the stuff that I kind of find quite interesting there's two kind of big things that I really want to talk about and I guess one is one is the fact that there's a lot of stuff that we never really talked about Um, Mm -hmm. I kind of realized, I kind of realized that not until we actually kind of grew up and were adults that, um, you're obviously a big, um, advocate of mental health. Um, we speak about, uh, going to counseling and stuff. You're actually the reason that I'm in counseling now. Things that, um they really got me thinking and you know like um that's kind of what gave me the push to do it myself yeah um but the the thing that got me and and I feel really I feel really I don't feel bad saying this I kind of I feel bad for for how I was but I always just thought you were fine you know like growing up as a teenager um I don't know if it was a obviously self-absorbed teenager thing. Like I, I think people were aware that I was a little bit crazy and, you know, like I was very emotional. Like I always probably, or like, like, you know, like I feel like people knew that 
I had you were down. open about it though, weren't you? you? I thought, I think, I think it's a hindsight thing for me. I think when I was growing up, mm-hmm. I was fine. Like the okay. friendships that we had were brilliant. I wouldn't mm-hmm. take them back ever. I think, yeah. um, oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. So a lot of the stuff that I've speak, spoken about at counselling is probably like past being at school, I think. Um, yeah. Okay. But you know, the, there is the insecurities that comes with, which I'm sure we'll probably get onto, the fact that I was such a tomboy and mm-hmm. and I did like dressing in boys' clothes, and, but I never I never saw it like that. I never, not, I just was, and I still don't, still to this day, if there's something that I like and I like the look of and I want to wear it, then I'll wear it. Yeah. Um, if I like aftershave rather than the perfume, I'll buy the, the aftershave. Like, yeah. At, yeah, I think I've always, um, yeah, I've always grown up being told to do what I want when I want to a certain extent and so mm-hmm. like gender norms weren't necessarily something that that were pushed upon me I think yeah but yeah like when it term in terms of the counseling and mm-hmm. I think I think I was had I not had the friendships that we'd had when we were at school it would have been a very different story I think but okay knowing that I could be my complete self around all of you guys Mm-hmm. definitely made it a lot a lot I don't want to say it's a bearable experience because it was a lot better than that but you know from the grief that you, that I did get for it you lot always stuck up for me and I was all like I would say that was one of my favorite times of my life like we had yeah. this really close group of friends and and every day without fail we wouldn't even need to say it but every day after school we would end up meeting up together and we'd sit on the mound <laughs> and we'd have chats or we'd you know go down to the wall and yeah and have chats there or yeah so yeah i think was... i think as that at that time i probably was fine it's as i've got older and you look back in hindsight it was nothing mm-hmm. that any of the things that affected me weren't from my friendship group or anything like that okay oh no i'm not saying that you know like we hopefully didn't cause you any grief. Oh, no 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 um <laughs> but yeah it's just that I just realized yeah again it comes with it comes as well with the with the gender norms kind of thing that was also something that we never really talked about mm-hmm. and I think it was just a kind of a given yeah that you were who you were I think we all were who you, we were at that time like yeah we did yeah it was just a thing that was never spoken about and I don't know. I mean, back at that, back in that time, I'm not sure gender was as much of a talking point as it is now in mm-hmm. culture. Yeah. But it was just. I mean, obviously, I think you've. I mean, I think you've heard the episode where I do talk about you before I know you, mm-hmm. and I do say <laughs> that you dress like a boy. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of hard for me to read because I was like, oh, but you kind of like, why am I? Obviously, I still had those things in me, you know, like I, before I knew you, had those judgments. Um, so it was kind of hard because I was like, oh, that's not just a person, that's Siobhan. Yeah, but um, we've also like, I think we've all, as a society, learned a lot. I know I have in the last, mm-hmm. I don't know how long, well, since school, like since you mentioned what, like you mentioned saying that and we can look back on it now and I'm sure we've all said things that we didn't mean. Mm-hmm. But we didn't know, like, we didn't understand and we didn't know any better. And and it's only through the fact that we've educated ourselves and we understand yeah, th- that, you know, gender norms exist and and they don't have to. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and, they, and all of that education that comes with that, you know, like, um, you know, like non-binary and transgender people and everything that mm-hmm. comes with that. There's such an education there that that always needs to be had. And, yeah. um, and we just couldn't see the wood for the trees because you know we were kids and we were in our own little bubble really yeah um, yeah it was quite different though at that time like did you like you were saying before like we would always stick up for you if you got grief I mean obviously um I hope I would but I mean like do you remember getting quite a lot of grief um, um from any particular people or just general yeah, comments I mean yeah I could I could name you and I could full name you everybody that I remember <laughs> distinctly giving me grief but I'm not wow. going to do that because yeah. it's not fair um 
But yeah, I do remember, and I remember the distinct times that people stuck up for me mostly. But the things that I remember most from school is that we were all having our own fun. In fact, most of my memories of school are after school when we finished and we went off yeah. and did whatever the flip we were, whatever <laughs> the hell we got up to. Um, yeah. But no, I, I do remember. Um, I remember. Um, people always tell me for example that I'm quite quick when I go to the toilet like if you're out in a pub and you go to the toilet and I'm, I'm straight in straight out right. and it's only in recent years that I've realized that I think I do that because when I was dressing a certain mm-hmm. way and I was such a tomboy it was quicker for me to get in and out the toilet than somebody stop me and go why are you in the toilet why are you in the girls toilet Wow. And I think the the speed my my toilet speed comes from things like that. So I do remember stuff like that being quite nervous about going to the toilet because you didn't want to get grief off people just for going to the bathroom. Um uh, Yeah, god. But yeah. yeah, you can I think you start to get used to people side-eyeing you and and people asking you are you a girl or a boy and also mm. people asking you are you a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Um and and the th- and yeah how how sexuality came to be linked with the way that you're dressed at that yeah absolutely time. yeah um, pretty interesting yeah I mean I think that yeah probably but you, especially at that age you think a girl with short hair is probably mm-hmm. a lesbian or whatever or just um, and it's not it's not I'm not blaming kids and teenagers it's it's how it was portrayed in the media back then. You know what I yeah, mean? It's an education uh, again, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, did you you got uh, did you get that assumption a lot as well? Uh, in terms uh, of like yeah, your sexuality. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, it's kind a of a lot of people used to think that. Yeah, and it's kind of weird and also a little bit like gross in the way like like nobody should be assuming anybody's sexuality. It's nobody's business. Um, mm. which we obviously know now. But yeah, back when we were kids, and uh, yeah, and also obviously, there's nothing wrong with being a lesbian either. But it's just another point of a difference, I think that yeah, that totally. kids but, go for. Yeah, and they and they would say in a derogatory way, like mm-hmm. I'm sure that a lot of you know homosexual people had to deal with in their lives, um, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it was always meant in a derogatory way. And, mm-hmm. But had it not been for all the grief, I wouldn't be who I was now. But it's not to say that it was the right thing for any of them to do. But yeah, um, I think you've come out of it and you can either go back into yourself or you come out of it louder. Yeah, and I've definitely come out of it louder. <laughs> yeah. And was it always, um, did you ever think it would be easier if I just did did start to follow the norm? Um, did it um, ever get, you know, that bad? I've always thought about that and I, I I would always say that I am grateful and I would never take any of it back. I would mm-hmm. never do it a different way because um if I'd have if I'd have tried to conform, I, that's not me. I wouldn't be being yeah. myself and I'm very grateful, particularly my parents of they've whatever I've wanted to do, they've let me do it. Yeah. Like, if I wanted to have short, spiky hair, I had short, spiky hair. Did I want it to be bright pink? It was going to be bright pink. <laughs> do you know, if I, do I want a skateboard? I want to play with my brother's action man. I don't want to play with the doll. Do what you want. And yeah. so I'll always be extremely grateful for the fact that they never pushed me into gender norms. They allowed yeah. me to do what I wanted. And ultimately, um, whilst in the short term, it, it sounds like a good idea to, to conform, ultimately... Mm-hmm it's only going to make you even more of a mess when you get older and you look back and you go, oh, actually, I haven't done anything for myself. None of yeah, that. Yeah, what, what was I doing? For me. Yeah, spending my time not being true to yeah, myself. Yeah, exactly. And I, think, I think that does happen a lot with um, teenagers. It's very easy to fall into following a crowd um, at that age. And yeah, um, not tr- not breaking away, you know, to do your own thing. It's scary. It's brave. Yeah, definitely. Um, um Peer pressure is a massive thing, particularly when you're at school. But especially my mum has always been a bit like she she's always just been she, like never been susceptible to peer pressure, and that's something yeah. that has definitely rubbed off on me. And and um, like 
I think going through that and having names called and this, that and the other, like it doesn't bother you in the end. You just don't care. Like you've yeah. heard it before and there's nothing that you can say to me that I haven't heard before. Mm-hmm. And it says a lot more about you than it does about me. And yeah. in hindsight, that's where I am now. But obviously at the time, you haven't you haven't got that in you to be able to step back sometimes and and take it in that way. No, of course. Yeah. yeah, you don't realize. And a lot of the things like in my in my diary that I'm learning, like everything was just life and death back then. Like everything seems. Oh, like... my God. You fancied every boy that moved. I'm, I've been, I've been listening. Every... I, like, I don't remember this part of I don't remember this part of school. <laughs> uh, yeah, every fancied every boy that moved. And also but there was also such it's such a shame that there was such an insecurity because also every any boy that even showed an interest in me, I was like, well, they like me. So yeah, that's you know the what thing I mean? as well. Yeah, definitely. I think like I I don't know if it's a patriarchy thing. I don't know, but you know, there's that whole thing about and and it's come and I don't know why this has just come to me, but I've recently watched The Little Mermaid and I swear down I've never seen it before until a few months ago, and now mm-hmm. I'm furious because I was like, are you telling me this is an hour and a half? of a girl just trying to run around to get a boy's attention. I was like, this is yeah. rubbish. Well, it's I, literally, I just, she gives up her own voice. Yeah, she, she just is bending gives. over backwards for an hour yeah. and a half to get some boy's attention. And I was like, but that's yeah. how it felt at school is like- Oh, whole, totally. But you're just there to be objectified, I think. And mm-hmm. and so when you, when you when the things that you've spoken about in your diary, like I can understand why you're feeling the way that you're feeling when that's a situation that was presented to us essentially always yeah we were taught to yeah be um so so grateful for any attention that anybody you know like grateful you have to be grateful you have to be polite you always have to be polite yeah and you just don't you don't actually figure out what it is that you find attractive in someone because you concentrated so much on does this person find me attractive? But yeah, it shouldn't be about that. It should be about you. But you don't know that until you do, you're not trying you to. Be, yeah, you, you're not trying to work out yourself like what mm-hmm. you, um, sometimes like what you like and want to to do, um, what you want to look like. Where you're just too busy thinking about, um, sometimes what boys find attractive in yeah. you. Um, yeah. I remember for think a, in general. Yeah, I, no, no, it's okay. I remember for a long time. And this this was probably right up, honestly, up until I was about 19. Um, I obviously did have um, bands that I truly kind of went for and really liked. But I was, I felt like I was absorbing all these different songs and bands from men, well, boys at that time, I suppose, boys who had... Um, been with romantically or whatever like and I was looking through my iPod and I was like oh my god like all of these have memories <laughs> attached because I was just absorbed but you know like I was like oh my god like, yeah that's so cool and then you want to impress them so you start yeah. listening to them and I'm like oh where's my thing yes. like what actually is my thing yes and I remember doing that especially when we used to go out when we used to mm-hmm. go in Huddersfield I'm not good let's not name any bands because let's not <laughs> let's not do that to ourselves but I can distinctly remember some bands that I loved and that you loved and mm-hmm. we were just running around because these fit boys were in these bands. <laughs> yep. For sure. <laughs> I remember that. I remember a few. Um yeah. yeah, it's kind of a it's a weird it's a weird time. It's kind of I was speaking to my mum the other day and she was like she was like, Oh, I know that I know that you think, you know, being a teenager was so great, but it's a pretty hard time. I was like, Mum, I know I would not go back. <laughs> like, I was like <laughs> I am aware it was um there's a lot going on and I think I think that it's difficult uh I think it was difficult for us we were kind of in a weird um midway generation that was like you just got the internet and mm. social media was just starting with like MSN and Facebook and stuff um not Facebook sorry <laughs> MySpace not even Facebook yet oh yeah um, calm down we haven't got there sorry yet. <laughs> sorry not there yet um and yeah, now I think it's probably even harder because um, it can be relentless for teenagers now. Because I mean, I know how much I how, I know how much of the day I spend scrolling through my phone. So I can't be disparaging mm-hmm. of younger people for doing that. Like I just can't. Um, but if they're doing that and they're getting you know messages constantly from friends, um, and then. Obviously, cyberbullying is 
much more prevalent now and it just does feel like it feels it's relentless. relentless isn't it? Yeah. it is absolutely relentless and you know I've got friends who work in schools um mm-hmm. who would put down a lot of the problems that they deal with ba- is based purely on social media um, yeah information is too readily available to kids like not that they should be stopped from seeing things but you've got to stop their airtime ultimately like you know stop how long they're sitting in front of it and absorbing it but when that's mm-hmm. all that they know it's ha- like how do you get them to step away from that when luckily we were a generation like you said we were midway where I think yeah. Facebook kicked kicked off when we were 16 something like that but it was just something still like for that. uni I think around then and then it yeah. wasn't, I didn't get it till a little bit later than that yeah I think so because I remember Sam being like this is great get it and I and I wouldn't I just didn't I did, didn't for a good couple of years I think mm-hmm. um so yeah but they, that's all that they know that's all that they know you know when especially kids now when they're babies then parents might put pictures of them up on whatever yeah you know whatever and th- and so they know from a very young age how a phone works they know oh yeah fr- yeah yeah my friend's it's... little one knows where the skip button is on the YouTube video when she was like a year old. <laughs> it's scary how much it's they, crazy, isn't they it? can, yeah, they can absorb. Um, and also the f- like falseness of it as well. Like Instagram, it's all filters. It's all that kind yeah. of thing. I've seen, I've seen pictures um, of people our age who have children, and they're putting up, they're putting up pictures of themselves and their children on um facebook or instagram and it's all like face tuned mm-hmm. and and i'm like your child is like one that now that's <laughs> yeah like forever that child is never is going to be like well that's how i need to look you know mm-hmm. with the like all kind you know what i mean the face tune like all smooth and like no skin texture yeah. and like that child has already got a complex potentially yeah. because of all these all these pictures that you're taking you you there's something in there that's saying that that's saying this isn't good enough. Yeah, you know what I mean. I agree. Yeah, um, I'm not saying that they now. think that. Yeah, I'm not saying that they don't think their child is good enough. But it's a subconscious thing because they're doing it obviously maybe for their own face. Mm-hmm. But there's a it's that's the message that it's giving. Yeah, this isn't I, good enough. So I need to fine tune this. Yeah, I agree. And I think that you know, kids from now on, their lives exist online. Yeah. Um. All everything that they ever do, you know. There's, oh, I remember watching something and it says, you know, the biggest game on the planet is social media because you're, it's gamified. So you, you're looking yeah. at people's approval all the time and, and it's terrifying. Definitely. It's terrifying. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm still, like I said, I'm definitely, I spend a lot of time on my phone. I'm definitely still subject to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely will, you know, like if I put a photo up, I'm definitely like checking like, oh, only three people have liked this or you know like I definitely I'm I'm not immune by any stretch so I cannot imagine at that age if I had if I had phones like they do now I'd be obsessed like oh there would be a list of boys on your Facebook (laughs) (laughs) um anyway (laughs) anyway anyway um yeah so I just it's it's hard and it's getting harder the thing that I guess I mean I think this lockdown has shown that they do still crave human contact though which is a good thing yeah I think it's a bit of a a refresh button in some respects I know it has been for me and I know that a lot of people have had a lot of time to reflect and and be like oh what's actually important yeah in their lives and things like that so yeah Yeah, I I have to say there is a lot of a lot of step backs have come, I think, from this whole thing, mm-hmm. which has been a positive, I suppose. Yeah, I think some things uh, have come about that have been positive. I kind of obviously would li- have liked it to go a little bit further because mm-hmm. the big being the big um, leftist that I am, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> give everybody, give everybody basic income, like do it, just do it now, and everybody. <laughs> um, but of course, with a bunch of Tories in mm. office, that's not going to happen. It's not a politics podcast, so I won't say I know, too yeah. much. We could easily have tangented about five times. Yeah, in, I mean, I don't want to. Last... 
<laughs> I don't want to alienate any of my audience, but if you are a Tory, you shouldn't be listening anyway because I don't listen. like you. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, Edit that out, Sean. No, don't. I'm fine with it. I'm fine. Okay. I mean, there was, we've obviously seen recently a bit of a, I'm all for like, you know, revolution, but I'm obviously revolution for the wrong cause just happened at the Mm -hmm. the, uh, Capitol. I was like, oh, I kind of want to, that's kind of what I want to be doing, but for the right cause. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, bit of a pain. But anyway, I think we've actually, we've actually covered quite a lot in a short space of time. Zoom. Yeah, why? What do you want to talk about? No, I don't know. Um, do you know in I d- depth you want to go with stuff? Like, we could I could talk about counselling all day. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, but like I said, a lot of that come from later in life, I think. Just mm-hmm. university wasn't a fun time. Yeah, I have to say we also, we weren't really that close around that time. No, I we all say. kind of just, well, I think as well... Uh, so when we finished school, you guys stayed at sixth form and I went up to New yes. College. Yeah, of And course. then so I was at, probably at that time as well. I was a bit like, oh, everyone stayed and I've gone. This mm-hmm. is crap. But we still hung out every night anyway, so it didn't matter. Yeah. Um, and then, but, yeah, and then we split off and went to... I think we all did that, though. We all split off, went to uni. I'd say mm-hmm. there was a good 10 years where we all... Was it maybe 10 years? That might be a bit of an exaggeration. There was a while where we all split off and we've all come back together ultimately. Yeah. Um, in the last maybe five or six years, we've been doing like Christmas every year. I don't mm-hmm. even know how long we've been doing that because we're it's probably drunk, so. It's probably been a bit longer and obviously um, <laughs> it has been mentioned in the podcast before because uh, we've met him already. We all obviously definitely came together when we lost Rob. Yes. Yes. That was kind of a big... Uh, we we were already... We'd, we'd already done some... Christmases though I think I think we've done like a couple of Christmases yeah we had um um, and then obviously that happened Mm -hmm. and that kind of really shook us all I think that broke me I was broken yeah I think yeah that I talk a lot in counseling about about grief Mm -hmm. that I've been through and well I'm an army child so we've moved around a lot so there's a lot of grief around me moving house all the time and having to leave people and I've talked about Rob a lot in in counselling and and it broke me yeah because you know when your family members get older that they're gonna pass but you don't expect your 25 year old friends to to pass and and he was always somebody at school who would he would back you up no matter what and Mm -hmm. I, I know it sounds daft but I suppose it gave it some leverage at school but because he was so good looking, people would listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> but he was he, just ace. He was brilliant. He was he was always the like corraller of people and mm-hmm. he would always be the one that everybody wanted to be around and he just brought everyone together and Yeah, he really did seem to be kind of um yeah, I don't know how to put it, but yeah, like definitely like charismatic, like, really quite charismatic. Oh yeah, charismatic, and he was always, um, yeah, definitely bringing everyone together. He was, he was kind of like the point that we all moved around. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, he was um, like the honing beacon of everybody. Yes, yeah. <laughs> if Rob was there, you have to be there too. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely, and um, yeah, I think it was a, it was a huge huge shock of course it was um and i mean i remember one of my last interactions with him and it was um i'd bumped into him i was i was going out for dinner with my parents and he was out with it was at the um oh, i don't think it i don't suppose it really matters <laughs> i can't remember the name of it um f- uh, like the the fenny bridge one um oh, and yeah. he and he was there with amy and we bumped into each other and um, he was like, we were chatting, you know, like as normal. And Amy was like, you guys should like hang out more. And um. Rob was like, yeah, yeah. We always say that. Like it was, it was like a, it was one of those things where it was like, yeah, we should, but we probably won't. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was just like, yeah, because we don't, because, you know. It's like we just, just a bit of an empty promise because everyone's busy, aren't they? Yeah, and he said that. Like, he totally said that, and it, you know, because he was always, like, really straight talking. He was like, he was like, yeah, but probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I was like, I'll see you at Christmas. Yeah. You know? um, and then that's kind of, that's definitely stuck with me um, because it's, yeah, it does make me think like, God, like, talk to people and yeah don't turn down an opportunity to hang out with someone um yeah definitely i mean yeah i still speak to his mum and dad yeah um every so often um sometimes i go around to the house if i can when we come back Mm -hmm. um and i've had a lot of good chats with them about it and i think that's probably helped everybody in a little Mm -hmm. way i know it has me anyway like staying close to his parents and Mm-hmm. being able to be open and honest with them and just you know i think it's it, it's quite easy when when especially when people's parents are grieving to give mm-hmm. them a wide berth because you don't know how to how to re- like respond and react um but yeah. i think just they were so grateful i remember around mm-hmm. the funeral and things they were so grateful that someone was just coming in and having a chat with them you know yeah and and just just giving them the time of day when they needed it the most, I think. And they were super grateful for that. And I think they were really yeah. grateful for everyone that came to the funeral and have, mm-hmm. you know, ever spoken to them about it. Um, mm-hmm. I, um, I unfortunately did do what you said. I, I did freeze and freak out um, and didn't know what to say. So yeah. I didn't. It's not easy to do, though. It is no, not no, easy I to know, do. I know. Um, and I can admit that now. I mean, I've frozen, freaked out, and I like left and went on cruise ships. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, fuck this, I can't be here. Um, yeah. I know. Obviously, that wasn't the main decision. That wasn't the main decision maker, but it definitely it was part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Was part totally. Of it. Totally influenced. Um, it. Yeah. Uh, that I was like, I just gotta, I just gotta get out, get out of here. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I definitely feel like I did the, I did the flight response. Um, mm-hmm. And I do, I can, you know, I do kind of regret that, but I've always, I've always been terrible with people's parents anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think there was part of that in it as well. Um, yeah. And also, oh, yeah, yeah, I just, also, yeah, I just didn't, I just did not know how to cope. I wouldn't, like, how, how, how to cope with somebody who's going through that much grief. Yeah. And um, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. And it isn't easy. And, and I, and I think Sam said it as well, like, I was always in a position with them. I knew them quite well. Like, I know mm-hmm. that we all went round to the house, but I wasn't af- I wasn't afraid of having a chat with his parents yeah. and stuff like that. And yeah. I no, I always, I was always like... chats with his mum yeah. and stuff. I was always so, like, like, proud of you and Sam for keeping in touch with him and just, like, um, that sounds like a really weird thing to say, not... I guess no, proud I isn't really the that. right word, but yeah, like um, doing, you know, doing doing things I definitely couldn't do. Yeah, it's just a character thing, though, isn't it? Like what yeah. I find easy maybe isn't what you find easy, and vice mm-hmm. versa. There's definitely things that you do that I can't do. Like, and there's also the different whole drama stuff. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, um, so much. Thanks so much. Um, so dramatic. Um, there's definitely, and there's also. But there's also definitely different feelings around it. And it was the first big grieving thing that I'd gone through. My I don't have any grandparents. Um, mm-hmm. um, I had an uncle that died, but again, I didn't really know him. And there was also this kind of thing like, how much do I insert myself here? Mm-hmm. You know, because we, because we weren't as close as we used to be. Like how much, you know, like you just question. I mean, I'm an overthinker for real. Mm-hmm. So you just, I just spent a lot of time questioning all of it, you yeah. know, um, know whereas questioning, you know, like, oh, do people think I'm being sincere here? And it's hard. It's really hard um, because actually what you should be doing is getting th- through it yourself, you know, yeah, well, you've like got actually to do working like through right this. You, don't you? Like, yeah. Like, what do they call it? What, what were you saying just now about um, worrying about if people thought you were being sincere and that? And mm-hmm. But ultimately you, you've, it's easy to say now because, you know, you're talking about it and you've thought through it since then, but you just have to deal with it in the way that's best for you. Yeah. Regardless yeah. of how people feel about that. I know I had people messaging me before the funeral mm-hmm. saying, I don't know if I should come or not. And I was like, "If you are just as welcome as anyone else to be yeah. there. You are just as welcome as any of us, regardless of how well you knew him. 
if you mm-hmm. knew him and it's upset you and you want to be around people and to discuss it or not discuss it and just be there however you want to deal with it you deal with it that way no one is going to scorn you for coming to the yeah. funeral yeah um yeah, and yeah, then yeah. it turns out half the world came because why yeah. wouldn't they because it's wrong of course <laughs> yeah yeah so that was a time that kind of yeah i think really brought us all back together yeah. unfortunately having to go through that to do that was mm-hmm. a horrible thing but yeah. um but it definitely kind of made uh, made me wake up anyway about mm-hmm. about keeping uh in contact and i think like a lot of people i know now i'm definitely um closer to you guys than i am like anyone from university mm-hmm. um i haven't really kept in touch with anyone from university no me um, uh, all my friends uh, yeah do you 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 went did you go to two different unis i did i started in bristol and mm-hmm. and it's only since i've done counseling that um mm. it's i've i've understood why i so basically i went to uni in bristol because banks is from bristol and i right. love street art and i was doing yeah. graphic design it's one of the top five courses in the country but i got mm-hmm. to bristol and i just didn't like it and it got to a point where i was drinking in my room every night like oh, right. I'd go and get four cans from the shop and I'd sit in my room and drink every night. Yeah. Um, and it's only since since going through the whole counselling process, I've realised that that's I I couldn't cope with being away from my immediate family. I'd never right. done it in my entire life, and I know that mm. a lot of people don't when they're at uni. But my immediate family has always been the 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 one maintaining thing in my life when yeah. we've moved house so much, being in the army. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And so that that completely messed me up, and so I I struggled at uni, in in Bristol. So I moved back to Leeds because mum and dad are down yeah. the road then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you had a better yeah, time. Yeah, I think so. I mean, as much as you can when you thrust into this, this like you're moving f- away from home, and you've got to figure out your own timetable, and you've got yeah. to be proactive, and you've got to teach yourself, and you've got to be creative, and and. Mm-hmm. And there was no direction from anyone, it felt like. And I just yeah, got I don't, lost in that. I don't think I was ready for university at all. I was ready no. for I was ready for it in a making friends and partying way. Yep, like we all are. Yeah, but um Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't ready for that um that, that way that of step up. Working, that it? step up. Yeah. yeah. Um and I took a year out before uni as well. Um but it just wasn't long enough you know mm-hmm. I did have a good time at uni though um yeah I think I, I think I did okay but I look back now and I'm like ah you could have done better yeah yeah <laughs> you so know I agree yeah I'd scraped mine in the last three months of the last year yeah 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 but I spent most of it working because I was enjoying bringing some money in like, yeah you were enjoying university. that kind of side of it yeah well yeah and I worked in a music venue so like yeah I, I'm 19 and you've just you've put me in a music venue but I was enjoying that so much yeah. more than I was going to university <laughs> yeah it's so strange how um yeah university also is is really really pushed on on us all I think I remember we had lessons at um at Shelley anyway when we were in college they were just like purely like to apply for university mm-hmm. and I say to the teacher I'm like I'm not going this year like I'm not I'm not going to do it. And they're like, oh, you should apply and then maybe you can defer. I'm like, no, no, I'm not doing it. They're like, well, you have to research all the unis. I'm like, right, cool. Um, it's just so pushed yeah, on people. Agree. And and it's not like really just like you can do so many different things. There are so many different paths um, into things. Yeah. Um, and you don't really learn that until, well, now I'm still learning that. You know, I've done a lot of different things, a lot of different jobs since I left university. Um, and I'm still not exactly where, exactly where I want to be. So. Yeah, definitely. And there's, and, and, and there's time, you know, I'm not, yeah, pati- I'm not is. necessarily worried about that. There's time and there's, um, things I can do. So, um, and yeah, agree. Yeah. I mean, I put it recently on Facebook, I watched a Ted talk mm-hmm. and it was, and it was about why does, what was it called something like why do we not have one true why does everyone not have one true path or something like that something about Mm -hmm. like 
And I watched it and it was brilliant. And it was about how, you know, there's, there's people who know exactly what they want to do for their entire lives and that's fine. And that yeah. seems to be the majority. And that's kind of the rhetoric that we're given when we, when we grow up, like, what do you want to be? And you answer mm-hmm. it as a kid and it's fun and you come up with some daft answers and as you grow up it actually becomes a bit more serious and you have to make a decision but actually do you have to make a decision if you enjoy more than one thing yeah like I'm distracted by things constantly like in the last month I have started doing some running which I cannot stand I hate running but doing it anyway (laughs) um I've watched every single program about Egypt that I can find on the internet. Just oh, because neat. it's fascinated by right now. <laughs> you know, like I've worked yeah. in a music venue. I've, you know, I, I, I did graphic design. And now I do motion design. And but yeah. I actually like crocheting, and I really like screen print, and I like this, this, and this. And yeah, and it was talking about how you know not everybody has one true calling and mm-hmm. one thing that they want to do for the rest of their lives, and and we need to perpetuate it a little bit more that you know people have multiple potentials and um, yeah, I think they yeah. call it multi-potentialite is what you are Ooh. called if that's something that you enjoy so that's exciting it is I'll find I'll see if I can find the link and I'll send it to you because it is cool. it, I was like oh my god that's me I would like obsess about something for ages mm-hmm. and then um and then get bored with it and find something else to be obsessed with like skateboarding and then basketball yeah. and uh, have you ever thought about and, have you ever thought about ADD well, that's definitely a trait. Well, <laughs> I know me and my brother have talked about it before, but yeah. I I know that I can see things through to the end. So, like, not okay. to discredit anyone with ADD, sort of thing, but I have to finish something. Oh, uh, okay, that's kind of oh man. Yeah. I wish I wish I had that. <laughs> I, wish that was more like that. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely am a starter and not mm-hmm. a finisher. I have these like um, I start with ideas. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my god, this, this is amazing! This is an amazing idea, like an idea for a show or something. Mm-hmm. And then I'll I'll think about it, and then I'll like think more, and I'm like, start right down. And I'm like thinking about it, and then and then it'll get it'll almost get too much because I'll I'll hit a roadblock where I'm like, oh, I can't work out how to get over this little thing. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, well, that's fucked. <laughs> <Same thing. laughs> yeah. I do that all the time. I do do that. I do this like yeah. crochet things that I've got. Or there's all sorts of projects like you where I've started it and gone. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll just leave that for a bit, and then sometimes yeah. I go back to it, or sometimes it just goes in a box and stays there. But there's also forever. like there was also I definitely I think growing up there's also a part of it that I was if I wasn't immediately good at something I would not want to do it as well. There was also yeah. quite like yes. if I, I was just like mm, no, <laughs> yeah, going to do that. that. And that's something that I've read about again recently. Just being like, if you want to be good at something, you have to be crap at it first. You can't. Mm-hmm. You, you're not good at something straight away. And and I was like, oh, I never really thought about it like that. Like you have to get over the fact that you know you're going to be rubbish at it, and people might see you being rubbish at it. But eventually, you'll be better at it. So, yeah. Whereas I feel like I start like I take to, I take to things like um, I'm a fairly competent artist, but the thing is I, I won't I don't go further with that. You know, because yeah. I'm because I'm fairly competent right now. I'm never going to be a master of it because I'll just I'm like ah I can do that. Yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> You're like I am. I'm good at this to a level that I'm happy with. Yeah. What shall I do next? What's the yeah. next thing? Like, I'm done with this now. I figured it out. What's the next thing? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. So, did yeah. you talking about like career paths and things? Like, did you ever think growing up? Like, did you see? Like, did you see? our respective friend group like did you see where we were all going um do you um, think or had like a vague idea i think i think me and you were always destined to be in the creative field somewhere mm-hmm. yeah i can um, definitely i definitely always thought that you were gonna do something arty yeah i think it took me a long while to get there because i hated graphic design when it came out of uni but eventually mm-hmm. we came back around to it yeah um, and i just can't escape it i think when and I just thought everyone was creative. I just thought that's how it was. But then yeah, everyone's like, yeah. oh, no, you're actually really good at that. And I'm like, oh, oh, all well, right then. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's what I was. Um... Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, I've. Grown up having never been short of anything that I needed. Mm-hmm. And it was always quite like put, put on us that, you know, you get a good job to get some good money so that you can have a good life. Yeah. Um, I mean, it probably comes from a place of privilege because I'd never gone without, but 
that money isn't everything to me. Like I'd yeah. love to have a family, like a big family. Mm-hmm. And they all come around the house every week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just like having connections and relationships is more important to me. But I think yeah. especially creatively, having those connections, relationships and experiences makes you better at being a creative. You mm-hmm. can't be good at being creative if you sit stagnantly um, tangent yes. again. But do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that's. So yeah, working in like nine to five doing spreadsheets or whatever. Yeah, um, but there's I also yeah, there's, <laughs> I couldn't do it either. There's like no shame in it, and it's mm. we need those people. Those people are just different personalities, mm-hmm. and um, better at spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah, it is a it is a personality thing, isn't it? It's yeah, totally, and absolutely. I think that some some personalities and some like work traits, I suppose, mm-hmm. if you want to call them, fit better into the society it's, that we have at large than the other, you know, like the arts, which is currently being left to one side whilst yeah. we do other things, yeah. biting my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's about what's important to a person as well. Yeah, um, I didn't see our our paths being that linear because... no. We hadn't figured it out for ourselves yet. We well, oh, yeah. still haven't as well. To some, I still not figured it out. I still don't feel half as put together as Sam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, She's our yeah. most put together friend. <laughs> <laughs> she is. <laughs> but um, then, in the same breath, I think like uh, we get to do jobs that we love. Not to say that Sam doesn't love her job. I know that she does. She just because there's dogs involved, and who yeah, could not love that? <laughs> but I get to I get to create graphics every day and design and that's since yeah. I was about 10 that's what I've wanted to do so yeah that's what that's what I'm doing yeah and that's exciting yeah so it is it's just not li- it's just not linear and I think whenever mm-hmm. you get into anything creative it's just not linear because it's not going to be linear if it yeah. was it would be boring creative wouldn't it let's face it like, there wouldn't be anything creative about having a linear path to it yeah I think yeah I agree mm. 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 I was going to ask if you could go back in time and speak to your teenage self knowing everything that you know now what would like what would you want to what would you want to say oh my god that's um, like a that's like a proper interview question you want to get me <laughs> <laughs> I I've tried to think about this actually um mm-hmm. I'd tell myself, don't stop doing what you're doing. Be yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, there's some situations that I probably would have avoided in order to, you know, make my mental health a little bit better in in the long run. Yeah. Um, stuff to do with with boys. Mm-hmm. Um, which I have come to. I don't want to say ruin my adulthood, but I, now I'm dealing with them and mm-hmm. it's exhausting. Um, yeah. What else, though? Just don't... Just know... I'd just probably tell myself, know that you're going to be creative forever, whether you can see it or not. Oh, that's really so nice. just get on with it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so... That's nice. That's a positive mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I, I think myself. I just... I think I just fell out of love with design and then I was like, well, mm-hmm. that's it then. I'm not doing it. But I can't not like it's just in me. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm just drawn to it, and I absolutely and I can do about that. It's like I at university I did a module in theatre directing, and I didn't I didn't really like the teacher, and I didn't really like um how yeah how it was taught. It was very much like it was all about blocking and reading into the text and all that kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, which is very important. But it just seemed that seemed so strict and rigid. And I, yeah. but whereas actually now, now that I've worked in stage management and worked alongside directors, that's not how it is. Um, yeah, there's a lot of uniformity to the things you get taught, and it's just nothing like real life, is it? Yeah, it's absolutely not nothing like real life. life. And yeah, that, so that put me off. Like that put mm-hmm. me off directing for a long time. And then yeah, um, it's not until now that I'm actually really thinking about it again. Um, something yeah. that I, you know, something that I was really interested in when I was 21. It's taken me 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, to like one really, person put really you consider off. it. Yeah. So annoying. Yeah. It's That's um. So it's kind of. Uh, what would you tell yourself? Um, I tell myself to calm down 
<laughs> um, <laughs> I could have told you that. In fact, I probably did. You probably did quite a lot. <laughs> Lauren! <laughs> Just simmer down, please. Calm down. Write um, in your diary. I would... <laughs> um, I would say, well, I remember... I would say to my 16-year-old self, I would say one day, one day, Lauren, you'll be in Manchester Arena watching Fallout Boy and your husband will be doing the follow spot for Pete Wentz. <laughs> and that's it. And I would have been like, my 16-year-old self would have probably wet herself no with joy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah, so I think that's what I would that's what Yeah, I would this do. is the thing, like, if we had a nine-to-five job... You, that wouldn't have happened. No. Nope. Like, you wouldn't have done the things that you've done. Like, I want to say you're working on Fringe, this, that, and the other. And, mm. and now I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, if someone had told me that I'd be meeting Dallas Green from Alexis on fire backstage at a venue because I worked for the company or yeah. going working at Download Festival and Leeds Festival and and all this stuffed, crazy stuff that happened working in a music venue, I'd have laughed in your face. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We've had um, some experiences. Some experiences, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like the fringe for me, I would literally, I would work the fringe and I just fell in love with it, like crazy fell in love with it. Um, I need to come up and and, do that. It's so good. But I would would work the fringe in August and then I would be like, well, I have to get a real job now. Get get a real job, like work in a shop. (laughs) And then I would quit. the next august because i'd be like i have to go back i have to go work at the fringe brilliant so i'm like yeah i would just i would just i I would say no i've got a proper job now i can't go back and then it would get to like june and i'd be like nah no i'm gonna have to quit i'm gonna have to quit my my well-paying like regular job yeah to go work to go volunteer at the festival like not even like really get paid that much (laughs) definitely making a loss um (laughs) but yeah it's kind of led me and now i live in that city you know yeah. Um, drawn yeah. to it. Always drawn to it. Yeah. There's no getting away from it. Yeah. All right. Should we leave it there? We can do. Sweet. I hope some of it's usable. I'm sure it will be. Keep out. I'm just gonna have a drink of water. I'm okay. so healthy. Mm-hmm. I have to wait because Sean always edits out my uh, weird throat noises, which is very okay. nice of him. <laughs> or sometimes he'll just put like my burps into the podcast. Oh, nice! Mm-hmm. Just a sound bite every so often. Just a sound bite. I'm just gonna have a bit of water. Mm-hmm. All right, no bother. All right, how long have we been rabbiting on for? <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. I don't know if any of this is usable whatsoever. <laughs>